welcome to Cobra Kai Never Dies. Today we're covering season three, episode nine, uh, Feel the Night. What does that refer to? This episode is called Feel the Night. Feel the Night, yeah. Um, Which I didn't realize until uh, they play that song during Allie and Johnny's date. I assume the song is Feel the Night. I think so. Okay. Um, I didn't know that, and I didn't realize that was the title of the episode, so it means nothing to me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Netflix synopsis. It's Christmas time in the valley, and romance is in the air. Daniel and Miguel find unexpected common ground, and the Cobra Kai recruits go on a mission. Very mysterious. They don't mention Allie at all, which is good, I think, because... Although it's not like a surprise that she's in the episode because the first scene is Allie at her her mom's house. Um, And I'd also like to say just like a kind of a, an aside that, you know, because we're both from California, it's kind of nice just to see California at Christmas time and just like everything's so nice. It's like nice to have to see a Christmas episode that's set in California and everything's unseasonably warm and, you know. Man. You're hanging out with your parents. Yeah, yeah. And Allie is, uh, as we said, at her mom's house. Um, For the first time during Christmas, it seems. Right, because uh, it, I guess she's in Colorado. That's where she's living. And usually she's there with her husband and kids. But now we have divorced Allie. Mm-hmm. Sorry, separated Allie. Separated Allie. Allie on the move. Mm-hmm. Allie on the prowl. Um, how do we know she's on the prowl? Let's, let's talk about that first scene with her mom, where her mom is just concerned opposite of indian parents who are like how dare you have plans during our precious limited time together her mom's like you have any plans and Allie's like bitch i've been having plans for weeks i'm not staying home right who do you think i, I am? know Allie mills has plans like actually she's so great she's you know her mom's like are, are you you know gonna get back together with the old gang or something and she's like don't worry i have some plans and what's great is she does not actually have plans, yeah. she, but, but she see, knows she will. Yeah, if you're Allie, you don't have to have a plan A through C. The plans come to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so she deigns to get back to Johnny eventually, who, yeah, let's just, let's just cover this. I guess we can call it a love triangle, because I do feel like Johnny is now gone from zero girlfriends to two potentials yeah i mean yeah, good he's, for johnny he's, he's fielding a lot of female attention in this episode so he wakes up and next to and, carmen yep next to carmen um i mean it's weird because it's like okay this is their second go around at trying something um how do you feel about them getting together you know uh i'm not like opposed to it um well one, one thing i noticed when they woke up in bed together is like oh there's an age difference there man i mean carmen is mid-30s quite young um because she had miguel i think when she was on the 18, younger side yeah so there's i mean not that that's like a deal breaker or something it's just like one of those things like i noted in the back of my head but more to the point i feel like they don't have anything to talk about that isn't miguel but they both really like miguel so i guess it's okay like they clearly would be like do you know what I mean? It's like when you're dating somebody and you're a single mom, I bet you always worry, like, oh, will he get along with my kid? In this case, it's like, I think the worry is, like, does he like my kid more than he likes me? Because I think that might be it. Yeah, you know? it's like, like if you date somebody and they have a cute pet or something, and you're like, do I like the pet? Do I like them? Where it's like, I think it was worrisome that as soon as they wake up, Carmen immediately gets on one elbow and she's like, what does it all mean? And I feel like Johnny is just like, he kind of just takes life as it comes. He's not really thinking Oh, is that ahead. what you were thinking? I, I totally really? had a different oh, okay, perception. Okay. I think, like, there's this interesting sense of Johnny throughout this episode where he's, like, he seems tentative 
Like, he seems scared in a way that, like, you usually don't see him. Like, you know, you, you, the classic Johnny is, like, the, the one who's, like, busting into situations and not using his head. This Johnny's, like, he's he, he seems, like, nervous and, like, not really, like, oh, man, uh, commitment, what are you talking about? But more, like... This is a person, as he references in this episode, has, like, fucked up every relationship in his life. And yeah, he's and worried. I think, well, I mean, it's know? interesting that he, he says that to... We'll get to the him and Allie uh, scenes, but with Carmen, I mean, she's not mincing any words. She wakes up and she's like, what is this? What are we doing? What does this all you know, mean? Where, yeah. yeah, she's having the relationship talk, and he's just like... He's trying to kind of be a little evasive, and he's like, well, you're super hot, and yada yada, and then they have to go to work. He's not really at the point where he's able to... I think he's afraid. His feelings. Yeah, I think but he's like afraid the, to let his guard down. And I guess the thing is, as as the audience, we don't know what his feelings are for Carmen. Anyway, we know perfectly well what his feelings are for Miguel because that relationship has been delved into. But like we've had two makeout scenes plus a dream makeout scene yeah. with Carmen. We don't really know anything else. Yeah, that's right. It's like he likes Carmen and she is super hot, but like. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of all we have there, so it's not a ton to go off of. Yeah. I wouldn't say that I ship them or anything, but, you know, it's okay, it's fine. And it's weird, because I don't know what the writers are trying to say, because we don't know how long Allie's going to stick around in the valley, if it's just this kind of, like, bottle episode, but... Let's contrast this with his scenes with Allie. So Allie shoots him a message about lunch. Naturally, Johnny's just like... I don't know what plans he's got, but he's clearing his schedule. He meets her at this... Oh, can I can I note something that's yeah. just dumb? But, like, I, I have to, like, make a sign of emotional progress here. Johnny is reading this message on his laptop, now plugged in, because he knows how to do that, while eating a bowl of shredded wheat. He is really, like, yeah, come a long way. Yeah, I'm just wondering, because I think it's like, you know, Kreese is treating his body like a temple, and he's probably getting, like, imported juice infusions or whatever. <laughs> Whereas I think you can't be a karate teacher and, like, be eating corn nuts or whatever he was eating season one. Uh, so it's, it's nice to see those kind of, like, small changes. Yeah, little things here and there. But he, he um, yeah, he goes and he meets Allie for lunch. Um, and like you said, Allie deigned to get back to him, like, you know, months after he agonized over that Facebook message. But, like, you know, he's immediately like, yeah, let's do this. Allie is so cool. She knows she's going to have plans. You think she's read the rules, the game? All of the pickup artist materials. No, because I think she wrote them. Oh, that's true. She's internalized She was ghostwriting all of this shit. Like, she doesn't need to, like, you know, like, uh, other people, other mere mortals in this world, like, need to be told, like, listen, you can't come off too needy, you're desperate, you gotta wait. Allie just knows. Or she's not desperate because she's just never been desperate ever in her life. Allie's like, do I need to book a taxi to the airport? No, I'll just meet someone there who's going to drive me home. Yeah. You know? Come on. Come on. Come on, it's Allie. This is America. She's still got it. She's like the Fonz. Um, So yeah, Allie and Johnny apparently have not seen each other since senior year. Yeah. And uh, it's cute. Johnny's like waiting for her to arrive and practicing his order, which is going to be a vegan mung dal bowl. Yeah. um, Which... You know, nice touch. He, I like that it's only, like, he keeps up that pretense for just a second, but because of his relationship with Allie, um, he can relax his guard around her. And they don't even have to waste a lot of time with sort of setting the tone of the relationship. It's like their chemistry is easy and free-flowing, and he can be honest with her in a way that he's not really able to share with Carmen. I mean, Carmen kind of sees that he's, I don't know, she's just been around to see his sort of break down the season and his recovery, but Allie just sort of intuitively understands him. I mean, it is one of those things where it's like, 
It is like when you, you meet somebody that, like, you used to be very close to, or, like, yeah, when you're, like, meeting with an ex that you're, like, on good terms with, like, you feel like you just know each other pretty well, which is, like, a, an, I don't know, like, you can see it the fir- at first, like, he wants to impress her, but then she orders the burger, he's like, fuck it, I'll get that too, and then when it comes to, like, how's life been going, he starts out with, like, a lie, like, oh, it's been great, and then he immediately is like, nope, that's bullshit, and, like, just kind of comes clean about his life, and I feel like... It's almost like, at, at first I was like, oh, maybe what they're trying to do here is show that, like, yeah, Allie and Johnny are, like, super in sync. But I think it might just be more that, like, there's something actually really nice, like, uh, to, like, go out for a meal with somebody who you used to be very close to, who knows you in a way that maybe other people won't. and But not, like, but it also is just, like, a moment in time, you know, as opposed mm-hmm. to, like, you guys, like, rekindling a relationship. I don't know. So there's low stakes, so he's yeah. able to be more honest. Okay. Yeah, or like, I don't know, because we've seen this episode twice, and the first time I was like, honestly, like, wait, are they like, I mean, is this supposed to be like a choice between Carmen and Allie? Is that what we're getting at? But the second time I saw it, I almost saw it more like, I don't know, it's like there's just such an ease when you can like talk to somebody who like was so integral to like this one part of your life, right? Yeah. Like, eh, I don't know. And actually, it makes more sense because, you know, Allie was his first love and they did date for two years at this really important phase of his life, which will contrast to like the fact that he was, she was Daniel's first love and they dated for two months again. That's... This is not a comparable right thing at all. But um, yeah, I just really loved that kind of lunch scene. Oh yeah. Get real and st- and then, you know, they, they transition to an evening-style date. Where right. I feel like the golf and stuff phase the evening is definitely a date, right? Oh, yeah. I like, mean... there's no way... The I lunch mean, is like, oh, that's just a lunch, you're catching up. But when Allie... Allie, like, it's a bit honest, too. You know, like, she talks about her divorce a little bit, etc. And then, like... Allie has not been single, ever. Can I we talk about right? that? Like, she's just like... Nope, never spent a Christmas alone. I'm not going to make this be my first. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, she's my hero. And so she's the one who's like, I have an idea. Like, she doesn't need Johnny to pitch. I mean, that's what I've always liked about Allie everywhere. She is never actually waiting for someone to ask her out. She's like, fuck it. Like, I mean, fuck it. She's beyond the game or the rules or whatever. She's like, we are going on an evening date, Johnny. <laughs> Let's go to golf and stuff. She's Pimp from the move. future. Yeah. Um... Let's talk about my favorite scene where they're on the bench sitting very close together. Allie says the single greatest line. And let's keep in mind this is Southern California. She's wearing a leather jacket, so she's probably already overheated. And she says, I forgot how chilly it gets in the valley. Mills. Mills. Um, I mean... So good. He puts his arm around her. They're, like, about to kiss, and then, like, you know, she gets a text. Oh, it's her mom saying she has to be at some stupid Christmas party, but she'd rather stay with Johnny, but she's really got to go, but then she invites him. Yeah. Man. Allie Mills will not be alone for a single hour of this vacation, mm-hmm. or ever. So oh, she like, wants to be, yeah. Yeah, so she's like, what do you got going on in the next 30 minutes? Nothing? You're coming with me to this party. Yeah, and Johnny's like, yeah. yeah. Um, and I do, like... Even though, like, Johnny's, like, clearly, like, comfortable with her in the sense that, like, they just know each other well, you can tell that he's sort of low-key nervous, like, this entire time. Like, there's just something, like, quiet and... and what do you think that them. is? Oh, that, like, you know, he, she's his first love, and she... And 
It's like he said he never got over. He her. never got over her, and I don't think he's getting over her on he's this date. Not really either. getting over her on this date either. Yes, absolutely. Whereas Allie's kind of like, mm, mm, see how the <laughs> evening goes. Like for her, it's she's a love the one you're with. I mean, do you think that Allie? I mean, Allie is Johnny's first love. Do you think Johnny is Allie's first oh, love? Fuck no. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> to the extent that a player like Allie can have a first love, I mean, it's like. A love in the multiverse, you know? It's, wow. Yeah. I mean, she's like, you know, in this moment in time, I'm with you. Isn't that what counts? I mean, I don't. I think it goes without saying that I aspire to be Allie. Yeah. We're all hardcore trying to be Allie. And it's interesting. And we're all failing. Yeah. Because yeah. season one or two, I think we talked about the specter of Allie and could she possibly live up to her, the legendary status. And yeah. we saw the first movie and we thought she was charming. But I think it's like this, she's only been in one episode so far and it's like she's blowing it out of the park with the chemistry she has with Johnny. Elizabeth Shue first of all looks great yeah. and you know I, I remember being like because we rewatched Karate Kid not that long ago and I remember being surprised I'd for, I never really noted this when I was a kid watching it for the first time but like Allie's like so cool like she's so she's not like your usual like movie 80s girlfriend in that she's like just really cool and charming and, like, makes the first move all over the place. And, you know, she still has all those qualities. She's, like, the coolest woman in the world. Like, it's... Yeah. yeah. Um, and you can you can totally see why Johnny was, like, stuck on her for so long. Especially... I, also, this is a guy that only recently discovered what public parks are. So, <laughs> I mean, his horizons haven't really changed. But, yeah, she's back in his life like a meteor. And so I'm just curious, kind of, like, if... Allie invites him to this party, and if she's just here for a short time or for Christmas break and her life is in Colorado, do you feel like this is just reinvigorating his feelings, his unresolved feelings for her, or is this considered like, oh, he's just wrapping things up? Oh, well, like... Because he almost kisses her, and, okay, if she hadn't gotten that text or whatever from her mom, do you think they would be, like, making out? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think... He absolutely could, like, I, I could imagine, like, another way this goes where, like, he totally gets his feelings reinvigorated for her and, and like, gets hung up on her and then she, and leave, and he, she leaves him heartbroken. But, you know, Allie's probably just like, look, man, I didn't, I didn't tell any lies. She always, she always said that she was going back to Colorado, and, you know. Well, I mean, she invites him to that country club Christmas party and he's, he looks amazing. He dressed up in this, like, white <laughs> Miami Vice tux and... And he's, like, you know, feeling himself, and he shows up, and, and there Allie is talking to Daniel, and he's, like, automatically triggered and flashes back to high school. So it's, like, there is that bit of, what would you say, like, he's he's working it out. He's yeah, working out exactly. all his high school issues. He's, yeah, I mean, I think it was really important for him to see Allie, and, like... Yes, it triggers him to see Allie and Daniel talk, and he's back right where he was. But it was like, this is clearly, like, some unresolved juju in his life. And he's, yeah. he's like, facing it head-on. That's where the episode ends, and that's where, like, uh, you know, Johnny's Johnny's arc has that cliffhanger. But can we talk about um, Miguel and Daniel and Sam and that whole rigmarole? Because it kind of relates, must, right? We must. Um, so let's start at the, yeah, Sam and Miguel, gosh. I mean, you're right that Miguel makes every character better. And yeah, he's like, um, what's like a spice that does that? He's like Sriracha. He just yes. makes things better. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Miguel is Sriracha. Okay, everyone tag what spice you think each character is. 
Oh, <laughs> uh, this could get dark. Yeah. Um, Robbie's a dillweed. <laughs> Sorry. He's a what? Dillweed. <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, um, anyway, we digress. Miguel and Sam are karate flirting, as, as one does. Yeah, and it's like, we don't even need, we don't need to see the, the retread of this relationship, but it's happening, it's fine, it's like, it's fine for a high school relationship. Yeah, no, Sure, totally. go ahead. Anyway, they're like, she, she shows him drum technique, which is not a sexual metaphor at all, it's just... We finally learned that this is apparently like a blocking technique. I never understood drum technique. I watched Karate Kid 2 and did not understand drum technique. But, you know, I'm not understanding it now, but whatever. It leads to, like, some karate flirting. It leads to Miguel putting, like, Daniel's drum in his pocket, which is clearly just there so that when Daniel walks in and sees them rolling around on the floor because of a karate move that your mind's out of the gutters, he's like, is that my drum in your pocket? Daniel is supremely awkward always, and it's great to see. Yeah. Um... But I think it leads to this, like, really cut, made us briefly team Sam. But he lectures Sam and, you know, talks about, you know, what if Robbie had walked in or what if whatever. What if Robbie knew you were seeing Miguel? shit? Why do you feel like like it's your daughter's responsibility to micromanage the feelings of random teen boys? Yeah, seriously. It's like Robbie's not actually your son. Sam is actually your daughter. And also, you know, he kind of was like, well, you've been going from, like, Boy to boy, Kyler. And it's to, like, to I'm Robbie sorry, Daniel. Like, okay. What, should we start inventorying your ex girlfriends? Because I feel like you haven't. It's not like it's been Allie and then nothing and then Amanda, okay? Let's yeah. start digging up the old Rolodex. Mm hmm. Let's start yeah. digging up what you've been doing this Again, season. Hypocrite Daniel is the worst Daniel. Yeah, so, but you know, he's, uh, so that's kind of awkward, but he does go outside uh, to talk to Miguel. Miguel's kind of like, gaping at like one some of the cool cars in the Miyagi-Do lot and like they have this conversation that we're you know like they bond a little bit and I realized it is the first time Miguel and Daniel have ever had a conversation ever 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 and it's weird because they're both obviously like big main pivotal characters on this show and they've never conversed I mean that's yeah it's interesting that maybe the it feels like the show is very crowded because you know, we hadn't had a Robbie Tory scene until a few episodes right. ago, or like last episode. That's right. Like you have so many people who are on the show. I'm not even saying it's a problem. Like I, I guess, re- like realistically speaking, like why would Miguel and Daniel have sat down and chatted in the past? In fact, a big thing in the first season is that Sam doesn't want to tell her dad that she's dating Miguel. Right. So it's like, um, I get it, but it is kind of strange to just note that. Like, oh, wow, they're in the same show, but never in the same scene. Um, I think they're saying that, like, just like the Johnny-Daniel um, relationship, anytime they do get together, they're able to put their differences aside and actually get along. And so you have to keep that kind of dynamic tension by keeping them on opposite sides. Yeah, that's right. And, like, once, like, of course, once Daniel actually, like, they, they both end up sitting in, like, the old-fashioned car and talking. And... Miguel's like like the most charming teenager ever, or the nicest teen ever. He's so gotta, obviously, he's got to hit a patch where like, what if what if Miguel peaks in high school or something? Like, what if he turns into an awful adult? I'm Maybe just, he will because it's I like, know. yeah, because like, you know you're just like, of course, like Daniel's like, ah, this kid, but he's like, almost too perfect, you know. I mean, I give a lot of credit to the actor because his character seems like he would be totally insufferable, except he's just not, and I think it's just that the actor's like just kind of like just low key like charming. Yeah. Um, kind of like, 
it's like an alley thing or like a, a Elizabeth Shoe thing. It's like you're not exactly sure why this person is so likable, oh, but mean, they are. Yeah, you know? and he is kind of the main point of a, a love triangle. Yeah. So, and you're like, yeah, because usually, like the way we've talked about Allie, it sounds like we're hating on her. You know, like oh, well, Allie always knew she's got a date, but we're really not. Like, no, she's we're in awe. So great. We are in total awe. And you're of her like, game. no, absolutely. Like I would be the same way if I were Daniel or Johnny. And like it's kind of just like some people are just like. Ah, you can't even hate them. They're just like, it's just so nice. They will float through their life. There will be other Gregs. (laughs) Right. Um, And um, so anyways, when like Daniel and Miguel are talking, there is, as we kind of expected, like a relitigation of of all the events of Karate Kid 1. Miguel has obviously heard the story from Johnny's point of view. Now he hears it from Daniel's point of view. But like, you know, Daniel's like very much like, well, blah, blah, blah. He threw the first punch, et cetera, et cetera. And Miguel, wise beyond his years, is just like, well, I think he was acting pretty upset because Allie was his first love. And here we find out that Allie was Daniel's first love as well. Did that surprise you? I mean, I guess I mean, he had a girlfriend in New Jersey. Guess he didn't love her. Again, it's like, I don't know how much they're retconning here from the first Karate Kid, but like, yeah, by the time, I mean, we saw Karate Kid 2 and it would, didn't he, he didn't seem so broken over it it, that he wasn't like canoodling with Kumiko. Yeah. I mean, like, that's the thing. It's like they, in a sort of hilarious thing, because like the Karate Kid 1 is all about like the struggles of them getting together. I love that in Karate Kid 2, and there's very few things I love about that movie, but I love that they break up off screen at a party, like in the first 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah, and it's fine. It's very normal, but I get the feeling that for Johnny, it was a seismic breakup. Totally, because he went into a years. he went into a thirty year kind of like yeah. cocoon stage, and so it's like I don't like that you're drawing con- comparisons about how like Allie was your first love, dude. Yeah, Allie was a cool chick that you dated for two months. The coolest months. chick you'll ever date. Yeah, but like it's a little bit. I, I think it's a little bit much to say that like she's your first love, but you know what? Daniel's the kind of dude who would say that. Just yeah. Cause. So did you like how he also talked about his? upbringing and Reseda to Miguel is like a... Do you feel like he's actively trying to win over Miguel because Miguel is now... Is Johnny's star student or is he actually trying to like forge a connection and, and be... Well, the, you know, the first time we saw this, I was immediately like, oh, Daniel, you do not try to wet, try to wedge between, uh, between Miguel and his true sensei. Fuck you, Daniel. But like on second watch, like... I, and I thought this in the first season, too, you know, when, like, Daniel was, like, all, like, oh, you know, Cobra Kai's evil, this Miguel character, I don't know about him, where it's just, like, obviously, like, this is a kid that you would like if you met him or talked to him, you know? And this is a kid that you actually do have a lot more in common with than you do with, say, Robbie. So it's, like, I kind of like the little nod to that. that yeah. Like, Daniel, as much as I get tired of him talking to everybody else about being a poor kid... I don't necessarily mind him talking about being a poor kid to, like, a poor kid. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and again, it's like... It's more that it bugs me when, like, I hear him do that to, like, to, to get country club cred. <laughs> like, mm. Oh, yeah, I remember when he was trying to do a side hustle, trying to drum up business. For his JoJo that didn't charge any yeah. money because he's too rich to worry about that. Yeah, that was that was infuriating. This is like, all right, you know, that's a common ground thing. That's fine. Um, okay, um, so why don't we get to the teen stuff? Because oh. there's a lot of teen stuff. There's a whole subplot of snake stealing. and There is indeed. There's there's no way to really intro this. We gotta start with Robbie. Oh, God. I know. He's <laughs> okay. been, he's been Mr. Dillweed himself. Oh, I feel mean. We, it's fine, because I feel like we've said some complimentary things about Robbie. Will we keep it up? Yeah. Who knows? Um, His hair yeah. is looking... Almost it's, normal. It's Darth Robbie hair. It's slicked back. Um, 
He's sleeping in the back of Kreese's dojo. I'm like, you fool. You could have had it all. You could have been at Casa La Russo sleeping on these, um, like, this amazing... Did you see that dojo? Every time I see that dojo, I fall in love all over Oh, again. I know. Instead, he's at the back of this dingy Cobra Kai dojo, rolling up a sleeping bag. Meanwhile, Kreese is looking fresh. He's checked out of the Hampton Inn. He's not fucking sleeping at the dojo. No. Yeah, and, and he's, like, yeah, very generously. He's like, you can stay as long as you, like, sleep on that floor by that boiler as long as you need to. Um... And, uh, of course, like, this is just when the, um, dojo class is coming in. And, again, I mean, I know I keep noting this, but I'm gonna note it again, Nina. I'm not gonna stop that, like, you have the Cobra Kai's come in, and the only two you recognize are, are Hawk and Tori. Yeah. There's a bunch of randos. And so, like, yeah, the sight of Robbie, who is the person who, like, nearly, like, killed and crippled, like, the the former champion of Cobra Kai, like, Hawk reacts like one would probably react to seeing him, which is like, what the fuck are you doing here? Yeah, but he's also on the outs with Miguel. Like, he's not, like... It's very weird. I can't really quite figure I out mean, Hawk. it is true, but it's like... There's something, like, to be said about, like, saying, like, you've been talking about this guy like he's your enemy for, like, a year. Now you see him, and you act like he's your enemy. That's sort of straightforward. All the other Cobra Kais don't give a shit, because we've never really seen any of them before. No. Who are they? What are their stories? I don't know. Yeah. Do you feel like the fact that Tori is sort of, like, laying down the welcome mat for Robbie is surprising, or...? Eh. Uh, I would... feel like she's the kind of person that holds on to grudges, too, right? Right. I was thinking about this, and, like, they did set it up in the sense that she's had an interaction with him before that was okay, and... There's also, like, a lot of, there's a lot of similarities between them. And now that Miguel is, like, better, there is, like, the fact that Miguel did, like, cheat on her. And so, like, this is the guy who hurt Miguel, and obviously she's mad about it. But, like, I think that, like, there, you know, like, I, I think, I understand, actually. Like, just a lot of stuff has happened. I'm sure, like, like, okay, like, for instance, if Miguel had died, I think that she would be, like, never, like, that she would still consider Robbie her arch enemy. But now that Miguel is better and is probably dating Sam, she's like, you know what? Bygones be bygones. Fuck that guy. This guy, at least, is, like, in the same shit position that I'm in. Yeah. I get it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and they have a scene together. Well, we're kind of skipping ahead, but, um, yeah, the, Robbie and, and Tori... I think they have kind of an interesting energy. It's just nice to see two characters that haven't interacted, like, just to see their dynamic. And, yeah, the, he, she makes him less insufferable. And um, also, I just like seeing Tori kick ass. Like, she's... You know, yeah, like, uh, so there, she invites Robbie to join um, her and Hawk and two other people, uh, and Kyler and, like, a couple other Cobra Kais on some secret mission. And when he joins them, they're all, like, drinking beer and shit. Um, and, you know... Like, Hawk makes fun of uh, of Robbie for not wanting the beer, but, like, you know, Robbie knows how to be a tough better than Hawk does, and it's just like, Psh, I don't need to drink beer to be cool. But then Tori comes in and, like, you know, basically um, he's like, what, you know, you're not going to, like, get more, uh, you're not, you didn't get released from prison, like, just because you come along with us on this super secret mission, you're not going to get in more trouble. And I like that, um, I like that Hawk, or sorry, shit, Robbie's like, you're resorting to peer pressure, and she says, like, yeah, it's kind of my thing. Um, okay, so they're karate flirting again. Snake flirting? I guess. I don't know. Because, uh, of course, their super secret mission is they're going to the zoo to steal a snake, which is okay. You know what's interesting? It's like, we talk about natural-born bullies like Kyler. <laughs> and then we look at Hawk, who has tried and failed to get Kreese's respect. Oh, uh, yeah. Or even Tori's respect. Like, she, he's just being, like, 
cast aside. And I think everyone else, like, you know, when yeah. he's the only one who has the logical response. And he's done like, the most shit. He's done the most shit. He's, like, changed his entire personality. He's the gang member that, like, they were like, you gotta kill a dude. And he's like, I killed six. Yep. That's how committed I am. And he's the one who's like, why is Robbie, like, our arch enemy here? But he's the only one who cares. Kreese is basically like, shut up and sit down. And... Yeah, and I, uh, Kyler is such a natural bully. Like it's it's a it's a joy. <laughs> Can we to talk watch. about the little bit of shading we got about Kyler. Oh, so good. Kyler's trig homework. Oh my god, they're okay. there to steal a snake, but like um, apparently Kyler was supposed to bring the snake pole. He forgot it. Um, Hawk, who is still deep down, I think Eli, the kid who like had perfect grades, is like you had one job, which is to bring the snake pole. <laughs> I um, know he's the project manager of the group, right? and he's annoyed. Uh, and Kyler says, oh. If I don't pass, I'm sorry, I got a lot of my mind. If I don't pass Trig, my dad will shit in my mouth. Okay, okay so that, ah. yeah, so that line, that is a, that's a Johnny quote, essentially. Like, the line shit, like, when life shits in your mouth. So I'm just wondering, like, no, 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 no. Here's my interpretation. Okay, go you want to hear it? it? Yes. I love this because you know the thing that I love about Kyler is that he's an Asian bully. Like, an underrepresented species. The Asian bully. And now we know he's definitely an Asian bully because he bullies kids and he's an asshole and he's on the wrestling team and he beats people up for no reason. But his dad still wants him to do well in trig because he's got an Asian father. It's very relatable. In fact, actually, I think in this show, Asian bullies are overrepresented because you have Chosen, too, who's like... It's Chosen a bully, really. Oh my god, he's a natural-born psychopath. I mean, I don't care how much therapy he's had. Chosen taught Daniel, like... Sure, he might... Miyagi secrets. It's like Hulk, you know, being like, okay, inside. Chosen is still the same guy that pulled a knife on poor Kumiko. Kumiko's like, never forget. Yeah, Kumiko's lost her mind. I'm sorry. There's no way you can feel (laughs) safe around that man, um, no matter how much time has elapsed. He's got the crazy in his eye. I mean, he he does, but that's... Okay, so Chosen's a psychopath. Kyler's just a fucking bully. But maybe Chosen... This is what Chosen was like in high school. No way. No way. Chosen was, like, totally ziplining in and, like, kicking people. You're right. Maybe Chosen didn't care about Trig homework. He was was too busy. He had escalated things. Yeah, he was too busy, like, plotting how he was going to kill his kindergarten teacher. Oh, that's true. But, like, Kyler is just, like... Look, I, I want to be clear here. I, Kyler's not a good person. I don't aspire to be like Kyler. But I'm late for that, Lata. I'm just going to say, he bullies with such natural verve. Um, it's it's fun. Um, and it's, uh, and it's a contrast. Is, I feel Hawk. like Kreese likes everyone except for Hawk. Like, I know. Kreese respects Kyler to some extent. He like, He's taken a shine to Robbie, obviously because he wants to stick it to Johnny. He likes Tori, but he never really... He's just like, no. I guess. He thinks he thinks Hawk is a tryhard. Like, he yeah. just... Um, so, yeah, so you usually see, like, Hawk, like, being pretty miffed, and, like, they end up, anyways, like, so, uh, since Kyler forgot the snake pole, seems like, you know, how are they gonna get the snake? Well, you know, Robbie just reaches in and grabs it and gets it, and the next time you see them, they're, like, in front of Crease. Crease is all proud of them, but especially proud of Robbie, and... Okay, uh, I don't know. I think it's like, this is the first time Robbie's had friends, so I can see this. Friends like, his own age. Yeah, I can see this Cobra Kai. Remember we said, like, this is basically, like, the home for lost boys who need friends, and yeah. here you go. He finally has a friend that isn't 45 years old. Yeah. Or, and or kicking his ass. That's true. I mean, that's <laughs> that's nice to have friends who are actually your age and not just pretending to be your age. Good for you, Robbie. And can I say something? I kind of wish... 
I'm sure that the show's going to go with Robbie and Tori like dating or something. But it'd be nice just She's to see cool like them as that. friends. Like, I yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because you don't really have any male-female friendships on this yeah. show. Hey, remember we commented Karate Kid Part 3... Um, Daniel and Jessica having a platonic friendship. And I remember really liking that. And then you revealed to me later with after some research oh, yeah. that was because of the age difference between Ralph Macchio and the actor. Yeah, played, yeah. Actors and I was just girl. like, of course Hollywood would never be smart enough to do something subtle like that. But I, I mean, we're not we're not going to look gift horse in the mouth. Yeah. But... Yeah. Also, I just think Tori's too good for Robbie. And Tori just needs to... I want Tori to have her own kind of awesome arc. I mean, separate from any like teen drama. I almost totally feel like, has that psycho chosen energy. Yeah, because I feel like the Sam Miguel love triangle is beneath her. You know, like okay, she's got real problems in her life. This is like the last thing she should care about. Also, this is a. I don't mean to typecast Tori, but the more you get to know her, the more it's like I don't really see her dating a guy like Miguel. I see her dating like a twenty-seven-year-old biker gang leader. Yeah, exactly. Um, but okay. Uh, you know, whatever. Like, Robbie in 20 years. Right. Like, I don't see her dating Robbie either. It's like, yeah. Um, but anyways, what, what, what happens next in this teen drama? Is that like the end of, oh um, wait, no, no, no. There's one more thing. I gotta mention this. Um, when Kreese is congratulating the Cobra Kai's on their successful snake heist, um, He's such a petty fucking guy, right? Like, because he's, like, totally fanning the flames of jealousy. Oh, right, yeah. Um, he's like, so, I mean, you make a good team. Just like Sam and Miguel make a good team. Now you they're dating. Crease is on Instagram, looking at the gossip, right? looking at what the teens are doing. Like, you are basically a 16-year-old girl and also, like, a 47-year-old computer has, hacker he, and a, a master spy all in one man's body. He has body. the energy of Regina George from Mean Girls. Yes. He is both the reincarnation of a snake and Regina George from Mean Girls. It is fascinating. Oh <laughs> Wait my god. for our season four arcs. Um, okay, let's get to this teen Christmas party, yeah, which yes. I think is my least favorite kind of... I'm sure they're setting up for something, but uh, basically Sam and, and Miguel are the karate parents, and they want to get all the kids together. and They want uh, Eagle <sighs> Fang karate and... Miyagi Do to like join forces against Cobra Kai, and they do it by, as Dimitri says, parent trapping them. You know, oh, I'm having a Christmas party. Oh, what? You invited the co- invited the Eagle Fang guys. Um, so Sam says that the two dojos should join forces against Cobra Kai because Cobra Kai is the bigger threat. But I, I mean, I think that just do, means in does high that make school sense? because their drama in the in the dojo carries over to their day to day in the high school. So they feel like if they just, it's basically like we're trying to just be friends again so that we can be a bigger gang than yes, right. Yeah. That's what we're talking yeah, about. We're talking I mean, about friend let's not, gangs. Let's not mince words here. They they want to be like a bigger gang, um, which you know what? Okay, it's not the yeah, worst. It's idea. Not the worst idea, um, but there is kind of legitimate tension and. I'm just curious, do you think that, like, too much has elapsed for them to kind of put their... I feel like Dimitri has the most kind of... Uh, beef? Beef, yeah. Like, his arm was broken. I feel like this is going to take a while to work out. But the others, I feel like, okay. I don't know, man. I don't know what happened between Asian Kid and Bert. But Asian Kid has the wonderful line, if you died, I wouldn't attend your funeral. It's such a weird thing to say. I love, I love it. it, though. I yeah. love it. They're my favorites. I want I want an episode that's just about them and their complex history. 
show, give this to me. I love how it's like, well, of course you're going to only talk to the person that is your height adjacent. Right? One of the things that is totally batshit, but I still love from like the second season finale is that everyone has their own arch rival. Yeah. Um, I mean, what if somebody has a growth spurt? Like if Virgin suddenly shoots up to like six feet or is the Asian kid going to get left behind or vice versa? I mean. You mean like they wouldn't be rivals anymore? No. You'd be like, I'm sorry. I can't beat up on someone. That's just weird. Yeah, Yeah. It's inappropriate. You know, one of the things that they did Aisha dirty about is that she never had an arch rival of her own. Because, like, to be... I understand from the Karate Kid universe that to be a real person, you must have an arch rival. A nemesis, Oh, yeah. It gives you, like... puts the... the, What is it? The thing? Spring in your step? Yeah, exactly. And, like, you see um, Chris, who is in Miyagi-Do, and his arch rival, Assface, in Cobra Kai. Genius breath. Yeah, penis breath. He's penis breath now. Like, they really have to bond over the fact that they're also roughly the same size, and they have never really had yeah, names. Yeah, but if one of them loses weight or something, well, then forget about yeah. that rivalry. It's very... And I actually feel like Chris is, like, leaping forward, because I know his name now, right? And that's... Yeah, I mean, there's a very delicate balance. It is about balance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, anyways, um, has to answer your question, do I think that too much has happened? Like, if I'm Dimitri, I'm going to be like, uh, penis breath, you were, like, cheering on the guy who broke my arm. I don't know about this. But, but, ultimately, the rest of their beef is kind of silly. And what, are they just going to, like, hold on to this truce until they graduate high school, or what? Like, I, you know, yeah, at that point, they'll no longer, I guess, need protection from the Cobra Kai gang, so I wish they'd just be honest, that's what karate is for them. It's to prevent themselves from being brutalized, instead of... Whatever other things, confidence, One of my favorite things that uh, Dimitri's ever said is, if you remember, like, in season one, in the finale, he's like, I think I might try rejoining Cobra Kai. Not because I want to, but because I realize the value of being part of a gang. (laughs) Dimitri gets it. Yeah, I know. He's self-aware. He knows exactly what this is for. The rest of them are going to pretend it's about honor. That's fine. Um, Okay, so the culmination of this plot we'll have to wait until the next episode for now we just see them like awkwardly standing around in this christmas party i do like that they're all wearing christmas sweaters yeah i'll give them that yeah um okay so ready to give it a rating yeah i think i'm ready okay i think i'm ready Allie and Johnny sort of like just you know there's there's just a lot of chemistry even if they even if i'm not like actively shipping them it's nice to see them together um, and they really, like, lift this episode for me to a 3.5 Hippos 1 at Golf and Stuff. Nice. Yeah. Um, again, I think, yeah, I agree. Allie and Johnny's relationship is a standout and something I just, I feel like, girl, I'd be real worried about Carmen. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Carmen, watch out for your nursing shift because Allie's in town. Ah. Um, so I'll give it four out of five. Allie, I forgot how cold it can get in the Valley Mills. <laughs> just, yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, okay. Strike first. Strike hard. No, no mercy. mercy.